2: Oh, I want you to take your Bibles today and turn to 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians. So I want you to look at the screen behind me. This is where we are. We're on a series called The Kingdom of God, going through 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians. Last week, we started off looking at kingdom lives. Today, we're going to look at kingdom courage. Next week, we're going to look at kingdom battle, then kingdom disciples, kingdom come, kingdom faith, and we'll wrap it up with a sermon called Kingdom Victory. A little bit of background, we covered some of this last week. The book of 1 Thessalonians was one of the first letters written in the New Testament. It was 20 years, only 20 years after the time of Jesus Christ, which makes it one of the earliest pictures of what a New Testament Christian church looks like. It's also one of the shortest books in the New Testament. It contains 89 verses. You don't need to count them. I've already counted them for you. There's 89 verses. You can read it in about 15 minutes, the whole book. And so I want to encourage you through this series... Try to read it once a week, at least, as we go through this series. It's also one of the easiest books to understand. There is no uh, complicated theology to ponder. Everything is simple, clear, and direct. Don't write this down, but I want to show it to you. It has been said, if you want to know Paul's theology, read the book of Romans. If you want to know Paul's heart, read the book of 1 Thessalonians. I want to show you the map that I showed you last week. For those of you that were not here, we went over this whole map. You can find Thessalonica up at the top. It's a port city on the Aegean Sea. And it's on the road, the, what we call the 405 freeway of the Roman Empire, that connected the east, which was Asia, to Italy and Rome, uh, to the west. It was a wealthy city, a large city. It was a multi-ethnic hub. And in Acts chapter 17, Paul, on one of his missionary journeys, he goes to Thessalonica and he spends three Sabbaths at the local Jewish synagogue, reasoning with them that the scriptures that you study that Jesus is the fulfillment of those scriptures, that Jesus is the Messiah. After three weeks, a riot uh, ensues, and he has is, he is, uh, ran out of the city. He has to flee for his life. And even though he was there for just three weeks, there were a handful of people who put their faith in Jesus And a new testament church began and in a short short period of time this church becomes a model church for the entire world paul leaves and eventually gets a report from young timothy on what's going on in this brand new church there's both good and bad that has happened the good we looked at last week We talked about how the Bible says in chapter 1 that it was a church filled with people who had turned from idols and had turned to a living God, uh, the true God. And the Bible says they were serving God as they were anticipating the Lord's return. That's the good. Now the bad is that they just had these problems that arose. Many people were facing persecution They were undergoing trial. Some people started to doubt the Apostle Paul. Thus, they started to doubt his teachings. They wanted to know why they were suffering. They wanted to know why did Paul leave. They also had some questions about the second coming of Jesus Christ. They didn't know if they had missed it already. And so this letter is a letter that Paul writes back to that church to answer many of their concerns now today i want to talk to you about courage and everybody say courage 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 is a very pertinent topic for us today because the culture in which we live stands diametrically opposed to the church of jesus christ and the only way our church or any church will ever reach our full potential is if we have courage if we're courageous enough to stand up against the riptide of the current of our culture to be a part of god's kingdom or shall i say to live a kingdom life you're going to need a thing called kingdom courage so i want to tell you four things about being a courageous christian number one write this down It takes kingdom courage to please God rather than to just please man. It takes courage to live a life where every day you get up and there's just something in you. I want to please God. All right. Now, you're not trying to earn your way into heaven. You're already saved. Amen. But you live every day just trying to there's something in you that wants to please him. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. We're going to read through this. You know, brothers, everybody say brothers, that our visit to you was not a failure. In other words, some of you are questioning, is this all legit? And he's saying to them, oh, it's legit, is what he's saying. Verse 2. We had previously suffered and been insulted in where in philippi and what he's saying is i know some of you are criticizing me and insulting me and doubting me but i want you to know i was being insulted when i was in philippi before i ever got here and what let's read the verse we had previously suffered and been insulted in philippi as you know but with the help of our god we dared to tell you his gospel in spite of strong opposition what he's telling them Hey, I endured persecution before I ever got here. And yes, I endured persecution when I got here. And now that I'm gone, I'm still facing persecution. And what he's saying is once you become a Christian, it's not, it's not all easy. You're going to go through some tough times is what he's saying. Verse three, for the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives Nor are we trying to trick you. In other words, he's saying, you're questioning my integrity. My my motives are pure. Verse 4. On the contrary, we speak as men approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. And then he says, we are not trying to please men, but God, who tests our hearts. Verse 5. You know, we never use flattery, nor did we put a mask to cover up greed. God is our witness. We are not looking to, for praise from men, not from you or anyone else. He says there in verse 4, we're not trying to please men, but God who test our hearts. Paul is basically saying, it's okay if you have some questions. It's okay if you have a few doubts. But he says, my integrity, my calling my focus is legit and you need to know that i'm not here to please you i'm here to please god now i want you to know uh, as a church that it's okay to question those in spiritual leadership i think you should question people who are in spiritual leadership because everyone needs to be held accountable especially in a church setting can someone say amen Now, this is my yearly warning. I tell you this every year. This is why you need to bring a Bible to church. Because you should never believe everything that is spoken from this pulpit. You take everything that is said with a grain of salt. As you're sitting there with your Bible, you're listening, and you ask yourself, is what he's talking about, is that really what the Bible's saying? So accountability is a good thing. But leading and those who lead must learn that if you choose to lead you will always face criticisms that go beyond healthy accountability because there's a lot of people out there that just enjoy criticizing how many of you know that some people think that criticism is their spiritual gift And as a leader, you're never going to make it, you're never going to last, you're never going to succeed if all you do is cater to the whims of the fickle crowd. Paul says, I don't mind your criticism. I was insulted before I ever got here. That's okay. But don't question my integrity because I'm not here to please you. Everything I do Is to please almighty God. I can take a little heat. I can take a little heat. I get run out of every town I go to. And it takes courage. To withstand persecution. It takes courage to endure. Those who wish to destroy you. It takes courage. To deal with those. Whose daily goal it is to criticize you. It's kingdom courage that comes when you are sold out for jesus christ and the things of god now i will tell you many of you have been baptized and there's a battle that takes place because the devil doesn't want you to get baptized and so many of you you fought. you said i don't want to get baptized so eventually you said devil i don't care what you do i, I, I what you think i'm going to get baptized i'm going to give my life to jesus christ And many of you have made that decision. That's battle number one. But there's a second battle. When you come up out of that water, now you're saved. But I will tell you that the devil is going to do everything he can possibly do to get you to go back to your old way of life. There is always a tug of war. And the secret to fulfilling your purpose, the secret to you being used mightily of God, The secret to not failing or quitting is to have the necessary courage to get up every day and say, hey, my goal today is just to honor God, just to please God, rather than to care about the approval of man. Paul said in Galatians 1, he said this to another church, they were complaining over there in in that church too. He said, am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would, would not even be a servant of Christ and that's his motivation for everything that paul did for everything that paul wrote for everything that paul preached for everything that paul endured there was just something in him that he wanted to honor god living to please god rather than to please man it will bring criticism it will bring persecution it will bring trial but it's the best way to live your life number two write this down It takes kingdom courage to be gentle when you could be heavy-handed. Oh, stay with me on this. He says at the end of verse 6, as apostles, everybody say apostles. Paul was an apostle of Christ. And I'm going to mention that in just one moment. He said, we could have been a burden to you. In other words, he said, we could, have, we could have strong-armed you, is what he's saying there. But we were gentle among you. Like a mother. I mean, this is Mother's Day. Here's this apostle saying, hey, hey I know you're all upset about a bunch of stuff. You're going through a bunch of hard stuff. You're wondering where I'm going and why. And is this all legit i just want you to know when we came to you we came to you like i mean we, we came to you like a mother caring for her little children we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel the words of god but our lives as well because you had become so dear to us can you feel the love verse 9 surely you remember brothers our toil and our hardship In fact, we work night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preach the gospel of God to you. Now what's amazing was this was not his normal way. Usually he was a bull in a china shop. Usually he was brash and strong-willed, confronting anyone and everyone with the truth of his convictions Paul wasn't afraid if he was beaten or stoned or whipped or threatened. He was going to tell you what you needed to hear, even if you didn't want to hear it. That's the way he normally was. But here, he was gentle. And it takes courage or self-control when normally you want to be strong-willed and obnoxious. Don't forget, don't forget, he had received reports that his integrity was being questioned. He had received reports that his teachings were being misconstrued. He had received reports that the very people that he had served were turning their backs on him. And yet he writes in verse 7 that he was caring for them, which is a word that is used to describe A protective mother nursing her child. It was the word that described how a mother hen covers her chicks with her wings. It was the word that Jesus used when he wept over Jerusalem in Matthew chapter 23. Paul says, I cared for you as a mother cares for her newborn." Sometimes courage is not using your strength. Sometimes courage is not taking advantage of your authority. It's actually found in not using your authority. I think of Jesus when he goes to the cross. Why, he could have called 10,000 angels to get him down off that cross. He had that authority. But instead, he had the courage to stay up on the cross and to follow God's will for his life. Again, Paul was one of the apostles of the New Testament church. He had lots of authority. He had lots of power. But instead, he chooses to be gentle. I think of the old adage that we catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. Amen? And it's true that we'll, we'll reach more people with the grace of God than we will in being dogmatic about doctrine often. I want to ask you, have you ever read someone's Facebook post or Instagram post and, and you just wanted to slap the person? <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? I mean, every once in a while, so I reach something, I go, are you serious? You're going to post that? I just want to slap the person. But it takes courage not to slap that person. It takes courage, stay with me, it takes courage to be kind when you want to be unkind. It takes courage to love when you want to be Unloving. It takes courage to speak up when you'd rather be silent. And it takes courage to be gentle with people when you want to be heavy-handed with them. Number three, write this down. It takes kingdom courage to lead by your example. Anyone can sit up in an ivory tower and shout out commands to the townspeople but it's a whole nother thing for you to come down out of your ivory tower and simply lead by your example don't anybody write me a letter or be offended about what i'm getting ready to say but that's one of the reasons why we were so upset with nancy pelosi and gavin newsom because they ordered all of us to be in lockdown while she was out at a salon and he was at that fancy restaurant eating fancy food you don't have to clap for that it was just in my brain to say that Paul says now look what he says in verse 10 he says you guys are all witnesses you saw this and so did God by the way of how holy and righteous and blameless we were, when we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father. Oh, now he's talking about fatherhood. He switched. He was talking about how he was motherly. Now he's talking like he was fatherly. He says, For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children. Verse 12, encouraging. comforting urging dad you urge your kids to live right I hope you do urging them to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory but if you put all that together what he's saying there is we didn't just preach at you we actually lived among you You saw with your own eyes how holy and how righteous and how blameless we were. Paul wasn't up in the ivory tower barking down orders on how to live. No, he walked among them and set the example for them. Now, you know for a fact that we could accomplish far more in this world if we had the courage to lead by our example
1: That address, again, is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. We have a special gift for everyone listening today to help with your daily Bible reading. It's our Anchored Journal, a complete 365-day Bible reading guide and journal that will help you stay connected to God's Word throughout the coming year. It works with any version of the Bible you are currently reading. The Anchor Journal comes in a choice of colors and can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. It's as simple as calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. You won't want to miss out on this limited time offer, so be sure to call right now. Our number again is 888-818-4777. The Anchor Journal can also be found on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Get yourself anchored to God's Word with your personal Anchor Journal today. Hello friends, my name is Dusty Frizzell, and I want to invite you to our new Thursday night service at Shepherd Church. That's right, we're adding a fourth service. Worship service starts at 7 p.m., and it's for all ages. We'll be following the same sermon series as the weekends, and you'll hear from myself, from some of my friends, and even from Pastor Dudley. So if you'll be gone on a weekend, or you just want to open up some seats for others on the weekends, join us on Thursdays at 7 p.m. I hope to see you there.
2: I'm Dudley Rutherford, Senior Pastor of Shepherd Church in Los Angeles, and I'd like to invite you to our services on Easter weekend. Maybe it's been years since you've been to a church, or maybe you've never been at all. Well, this Easter would be the perfect time to experience a community of people who believe in what God can do in your life. Join us at one of our three locations, Porter Ranch, Woodland Hills, Aqua Dulce, as we celebrate the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ.
1: I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.